This episode of Into the Wild is sponsored by Leica Sport Optics. It's 2023, a new year and a chance for you lot to try something new. And if getting closer to nature and connecting with the natural world is on your list, then there's something I think you'll need. A pair of binoculars are essential for any nature nerd's day out to make sure you don't miss anything. And Leica's range of kit is, insert chef's kiss right here. Not only are they durable, lightweight, with a great range of optics, and come with a potential finance plan, but they are dead easy to use. To read more about what Leica have to offer for sport optics, visit their website, which is linked in the write-up of this episode. And now, on with the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Into the Wild, your weekly podcast all about wildlife, conservation, and nature. I'm your host, Ryan Dalton. Thanks so much for clicking play on the pod. Nerds, welcome to quite a special episode of Into the Wild, actually. Um, I've got a few things to update you on. Uh, but first of all, let me say thanks for coming back. I hope you're all well, and I hope you've had a wonderful week, weekend, however long it's been since you last heard my voice. Spring is nearly here. People are posting pictures of frogs and frog spawn on Twitter, and I'm getting very jealous because I've not seen anything yet. So trying to hold in the rage, but I'm also buzzing that Surely down south it's happening in London. I've just got to find the right pond, but it, it, it will happen. Anyway, enough of that. A few things to tell you. So let's start with the obvious one. At the beginning of every episode, you will know that we say this episode of Into the World is sponsored by Leica Sport Optics. And that has been the case for two and a half years. But with Into the Wild now going down a new path with some new changes, it means this wonderful partnership is coming to a mutual end. Now, I'm going to be real for two minutes. I cannot stress enough how perfect this partnership has been for us on Into the Wild. If it wasn't for the support from Leica over the two and a half years, Into the Wild would have likely have stopped way back at the end of 2020. The truth is, podcasts cost money and time to run. Without the financial backing from Leica to cover everything, I'm not sure what I would have been able to continue, especially with running a business on the side. But it's not just about money. Leica have helped us with so much from recording live podcasts, promoting the show via online media, and helping us contact and connecting with guests for the show. I will say Leica have stood out to me as a company. They were willing to back us way back at the beginning of our journey when we were brand new. And it's not often that big companies do things like that. So this is sadly the last episode that will be sponsored by Leica Sport Optics. And in this episode, the changes will be announced. And it's also important for me to obviously say a huge thank you to Leica and all their support over the two and a half years. Now, nerds, on to today's episode. There are lots of changes coming up. The first, you know, I'm not, maybe I, I think it's all said on the show. Maybe I don't need to say anything. But the voice you're about to hear with me on this episode is a voice you're going to hear a lot more regularly. So, this episode is titled, I guess, Into the Wild Changes? No, that's a <coughs> title. What should I call it? Things to come on Into the Wild. Right, well, as promised, this is the episode where you find out what is happening next with Into the Wild. There's going to be some changes. And the biggest change, I think, well, not I think, is after three years of hosting Into the Wild on my own, we are now changing it up and I am bringing in a co-host to help me with all future episodes and endeavours. 
And basically what this is, this episode is introducing my co-hosts and having a little bit of a natter about their background, their interest, their job, what certain things like conservation, nature, restoration, those kind of buzzwords means to them. So you guys, my lovely audience, or now our lovely audience, I say as I look at my guests, <laughs> you have an idea about what the new co-host is going to bring to the show. So ladies and gentlemen, nature nerds, predominantly in the UK, but also around the world. My new co-host is the wonderful, from right to Rome, previously from RSPB, Nadia Shane. Oh my gosh, what an introduction. That was long. I know. <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? Because we asked for a drum roll and neither of us know if that happened or well, not. Well, last time I was on the podcast, if I remember correctly, I made the squeaky door noise for Room 101. You did. Did oh. you want, I mean, you can. we can do that again. Do you want to try and do a drum roll? No, I think it's beyond my capacity. No, I can do a squeaky door, but a drum roll requires maybe, I don't know, more. I would say, I would say a drum roll is easier than a squeaky door. Oh, I was assuming I was using my mouth, but I could use the table. No, that would mess up the sound, <laughs> wouldn't it? Yes, yeah. Nadia's very new to the world of podcasting. A, a, percussion, a percussion instrument does require more than your voice. But you could just go... Yeah, maybe, yeah, you're assuming yeah. I could just go... I, d I, d oh, yeah. right, I don't know now eyes. if what I put out of my mouth will sound anything like that. And what if it's really embarrassing? You won't know these things, Nadia, unless you try. <laughs> yeah, you shouldn't have tried that. <laughs> it wasn't that I good. Or I should always listen to Nadia Shape. So, Nadia Shape, um, how do you feel about joining Into the Wild's journey and hosting the show with me from here onwards? Do you know what? I feel really excited just because I love you. Um, we've been friends Aww. for like a, a year. Have we only been friends for a year? I enjoy talking about nature and wildlife and what the heck yeah. is going on in the <laughs> show, you know, of, of things, but also the things to celebrate and to be joyous. And I think often just because I'm quite a deep feeling person and I'm, a th I, I don't know, we're all thinkers, aren't we? But I, I sit and ponder issues a lot from all different angles. And um, I've always enjoyed exploring those with you through our conversations. And I guess, I guess we'll do it. We'll always do it anyway, but I guess it's nice to have a point of, meeting together to to have those conversations yeah so that's interesting because i three years of doing this on my own sometimes obviously i have a guest with me but when i'm doing the intros or anything like that it feels like i'm speaking into the void yeah although i have i try to imagine my lovely audience who are listening now or now our lovely audience it's still kind of like i'm screaming out of the window like is anyone listening but i guess now having you here is going to have that more natural bounce I'm wondering whether all millennials feel like they're screaming into a void. <laughs> Definitely a pillow. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, I can... And it's a different dynamic, isn't it, when you're interviewing mm. someone because you're there for the purposes of pulling things out with them, but actually having a conversation, um, which you do beautifully anyway as a podcaster, I think you, you. you make it conversational. Um, two people talking together and just mm. going on a little journey with an idea and wondering where it gets to. It's a different dynamic, isn't it? It is, yeah. Okay, so here's... I'm going to ask you this. What do you... And, and please, I don't think you should feel modest about this question. I want you to go all in Oof. for this. What do you think, having listened to Into the Wild, you know me, you know my vibe. What do you think you're... <laughs> this is going to sound like an interview. What do you think you'll bring to it? I'm oh, excited no. to see what... No, but Why genuinely, are you I'm doing this to me? I, I know I could answer that question very easily, but what do you think? Like, what what are you excited to bring to it? Um, 
So what do I bring? I think I feel like in conservation circles and nature circles, I see things differently. Mm. Um, I think I've looked at the world from a slightly different angle. I've, I've been kind of, my career has brought me up in the bosom of conservation. Mm. Um, I class myself as a reformed bird watcher. Um, a reformed bird watcher? I am, yeah. That's music to my ears. <laughs> Is it? Just don't relapse. Don't, don't relapse. <laughs> must, must twitch. Um, so I guess my love of nature has I, has been in, I don't know, through many different masks or phases throughout my life. I feel like I'm mm. at the wise old age now where um, I'm reflecting on the way the world's going completely differently to what I would have done three years ago, five years ago, ten years ago. Um, I'm an ornithologist, a naturalist, so I know about wildlife to a point, not in the depths of some of the people that you interview. I guess I've moved more to a place of loving humans and humans' place in the world, which often feels like something that's left out of con conversations about nature. Very much so, yeah. I guess I think in systems. I guess I think in systems problems. And um, What are the systems that we operate under, whether it's colonialism, capitalism, uh, patriarchy, and just, under, I guess, understanding the humanness in our response to some of the issues around wildlife decline and fixing it and sorting out the problem. I think it's more interesting sometimes to think about why has the human in this scenario decided that this is the approach and why are our emotions being triggered in this way? Um, and I think I'd like to offer an alternative way out, mm. maybe. Um, and also, I'm funny. And also, I'm from, you New I'm, I'm from Newcastle, which is also a bonus. Which is also funny. Um, yeah, no, I also, I've also thought deep down that um, Into the Wild podcast is too Southern. <laughs> Off. <laughs> um, I like to draw. I'm a good cook. <laughs> sorry, sorry. You massively need to understand what a podcast is. If you think your <laughs> right. artwork is going to come in. <laughs> oh, I could describe what It's very I'm much doing. an audio-based show. I'm a problem solver. Cool. <laughs> I cope well in intense situations. <laughs> You're very good at delegating. <laughs> there you go. Intense situation. Here's what everybody needs to do while I watch you do it. Do you know what? You were going to bring up the one time you rescued me. Two times. One time. Two times. Intense snow and you had nowhere to stay the second time in London. I had places to stay. Oh, it's all coming out now. I was going to stay on a boat. So my good friend and fellow Right to Rome colleague, um, Paul Pazand, uh, lives in London on a boat. We were out drinking and he decided to go and was like, oh, just meet me on my boat. So I'm drunk. It's London. I don't know London that well at all. No, and... no, so, sorry, stop. What? No, that's an understatement. Because <laughs> every time Nadia comes to London, I go, where are you staying? She goes, London. I see it as a big plate of food. What are you having for dinner? Dinner. <laughs> <laughs> same thing second question okay what do you think i will bring to you in regards to having a conversation oh that's like, a beautiful so, question like, and for the listeners so we're gonna like you know i know me and you bounce off each other but what do you think i will help with you well you're gonna i can enjoy your jumpers true it's cold today so it is cold today i've got a, a fisherman's jumper yeah i suppose you bring me out of my bubble yeah, uh, and you ask. I think you ask me really insightful questions about the sh the stuff that I'm talking about. Sometimes I think I can go into too much of a meta space and mm. too like big. You often help me bring it back down to the individual situation or person or moment, which I find helpful. And I don't know. You get me thinking in a way that I enjoy exploring the issues. I mean, you and I have spoken at length, like over the last year, 
daily sometimes. Um, about everything. About everything. But but I kind of want you and need you to challenge me because I can be quite mm. bullish sometimes and, I don't know, quite forthright in my opinions and um, you help me with that a little bit. But also, yeah, no, I just in, I enjoy the joy and the levity that you bring to the often deep conversations that we have with each other. It's essential. Otherwise, we're just talking about issues. Yeah, in it. So it's it's important to just around halfway through. Yeah. So we need to, listeners, basically, we'll have this usually works into the wild, as everyone will know, is I have a guest on and we chat about a topic but Nadia and I are changing things first of all the most important thing that we should say Nadia is that this is going to a monthly show mm. and for a few reasons but one of the reasons is Nadia and I want to put a bit more work and research into each episode which takes time and on a weekly basis it's just not really something that we could do and give full credit to so on a monthly basis we can do that work the other thing is the guest I guess to some element will be not there I mean we might sometimes have a guest for a short time but a lot of the time it will be a me and you thing. It will be a me and you thing, but we can we we, we might centre conversations around some work that a guest has done and bring in their views, yeah. um, but not necessarily having a three-way. Just long pause. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. I laughed when you said bosom earlier, and then you said three-way, and we both just stared at each other. Um, stopped. Stopped. <laughs> um... So, listeners, what you can probably expect is we we will be talking about wildlife, we will be talking about nature, and we will be talking about conservation, but from more of a, I don't know if this makes sense, Nadi, would you agree with this, from more of a perspective kind of conversation, like trying to look at how things are being done, want to be done, are aiming to be done, or have been done, and looking about what the actual issues are and talking about the actual how we feel practical solutions should be but i don't want to say that as an arrogant thing as we know the answers often with nature conservation a lot of it is processed and published in a very matter-of-fact way yeah and so i think we might take those matter-of-fact things and it might be that we enjoy and indulge in the joy of a success of a story and understand what's happened and what difference it's going to make so there's hope there uh, but other times we might take process or um some kind of management or just issues around wildlife ecology conservation and consider where that's coming from mm. like you know has it got longevity is it the right approach is it not the right approach and it's helping us to be a little bit more critical of a sector and and work that often goes on without critique i would say because because it's the good guys right doing the good work with fluffy animals so I think it's useful just to talk about it from our, I guess, human, the human lens and where we fit in that. Yeah, Does that make sense? I, I think so, because I think one thing I always, I notice a lot on the online or Twitter sphere kind of thing is, is two words that people use a lot when they're talking about conservation and methods and kind of like, you know, what people are doing is that they'll use the words active conservation. And they'll say, we're, we're the ones actually doing active conservation. Or no, we're, this is active conservation, which I think is kind of like pointless saying the first word because you know, it should all be active or otherwise you're not really doing anything. One of the things I'm looking forward to doing in this show with you is going, you've got so many people saying, no, we're doing it right. We're doing it right. Mm. We're doing it like this. Whereas I don't think they're all wrong. And no. I don't think they're all right. No, and that's um, because we've removed the human exactly. so much of the time. Because yeah. we, we look at an issue, rewilding's a good one rewilding has been hugely divisive within the conservation sector um some people are for it some people are against really quite strongly because it's this new thing that's just kind of crash landed i think it's important to look at it 
and go, what what are the divides here? And understanding that there are views from all sides, which are useful. Yeah, yeah. And there are going to be situations where me and you are just like that. <laughs> Name one. Can I say, Can I? am I allowed to rear my bird ringing head again and upset everybody? Do what you want. Bird ringing. But again, we can look at it and we can understand what's going on here. Because, because we... basically we're going to be picking <laughs> it apart. Yeah, basically. Like and also I think like, it helps... I'm not saying it's all... It's like, you know, kind of super, really deaf bad. But we're saying, is it doing whatever it is? I'm not specifically talking about talking about bird ringing. But is this thing doing what it should be doing at the potential it should be doing it? The, the backdrop that we live in is is that we have, we you know, I'm assuming all our listeners care deeply for nature conservation and the health of our ecosystems and biodiversity uh, are concerned about it, but also are um, enthused by the kind of life-giving and joyful properties mm-hmm. of learning and spending time with nature. But the reality is, is that we've got some of the worst nature in the world. And, you know, England ranks seventh out of 221 countries for mm-hmm. the biodiversity intactness. That's the stuff that we've got left. So if that's the case, and we've also got probably like over 100 nature conservation bodies, big chari- from big charities to small organisations to grassroots groups, more, like way more than that. And we have this huge bank of science. We, we claim to be scientists and world leaders in nature conservation. It feels like there's a massive cognitive dissonance here and it feels appropriate that now is the time for us to reflect with just a like, not even a critical eye, but just a useful process of going, okay, so why might this be causing conflict and why does it work and why doesn't it work? Like, it's, I think it's useful, but also can mm. be fun because people are pretty interesting across the divides in these conversations. And I think people do want to understand. I think there is a yearning for greater understanding of like, how are we getting this wrong? And why do so many people, why are people in conflict over beavers or, or rewilding? <laughs> I can't believe you laughed at I know, beavers. It's such a funny funny sentence like why if you if you were like to, <laughs> if aliens landed on planet earth and went can you give us some of the conflicts that humans have yes absolutely we have um borders um that's mm. a big conflict we have resources somehow. oh i was really Someone. hoping that they would all begin with b go on you want them all beginning with b yeah so borders brexit brexit this is very much dependent on where the aliens land <laughs> okay <laughs> it's got to be European. that was very uk-centric of me i'm sorry no, it's fine. It's, I mean, it's fine. But Brexit, you're the one that's put this bee. Um, <laughs> so you just wouldn't think beavers would be on the list. Yeah, but it's a big, it's, a, it's really important to understand when you've got a population of people who largely, from my experience, but like generally people don't want the situation that we've got where biodiversity is in such a crisis. They don't. Everybody kind of broadly agrees we need more nature. We need, you know, to restore habitats. We don't want ecological crisis. We also want to be able to grow our own food in a way that pays farmers well. And we also want wildlife not to to pay the price for that. Why is it we can't, why is it there's such conflict? And and we can start to answer some of those, but it is interesting and it's worth, it's worth just allowing ourselves to wonder around some of this stuff. I think this is what, the one of the things I'm excited about for doing this new kind of show is, that it's easy to assume or think that we're going to be picking apart things that are obviously problematic. Mm. But we're also going to be diving into the sides of things that on the surface seem good because that's how, you know, that's easy to assume that. But we're actually going to be like really researching into that going, like you said, why are they causing conflicts? The conflict's not there for no reason. So obviously there's an issue within this 
uh, mm. system or plan or project or whatever whatever the thing is um and then start to actually look deeper there going is this something that works well in one place mm-hmm. or is this something that needs to go everywhere or is this you know start to real pick that apart that's what i'm excited of yeah. excited about starting to look at the things that we think are good and also can we also make time to no. have a laugh okay is that what you're gonna say to have yeah, a laugh <laughs> yeah i mean yeah obviously because it's yes. all quite funny humans are really funny Next question: Blur or Oasis? Blur. Oh, really? Yeah. Southern. Oh, you that can't hold that. South divide really splits, doesn't it? it? Does, doesn't it? God, that hits deep. I don't know. Maybe neither. Do you know what? When? Oh, when... Whoa, 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 whoa! Let's not let's not just be shouting things out. Okay, maybe ne- no. I'm maybe. actually both. Give me a bit of Park Life or Wonderwall. Yeah. <laughs> that era, I was very much not there. <laughs> in that I skipped to the 90s yeah I did <laughs> can you skip a decade well I mean there are ways you can hey sorry to interrupt the episode nature nerds it's Ryan your host here I just want to give you a quick shout out about something Into the Wild always aims to be a free show accessible for everyone however running it is not free if you would like to support Into the Wild and say thanks then you can do so by visiting ko-fi.com forward slash into the wild pod the link is in the write-up of this episode. By doing this and buying us a coffee, you are helping the future of Into the Wild. Thanks very much and back onto the show. Where do you see yourself in... Because we were talking earlier about active nature conservation. Yeah. Um, and you work in nature conservation in the broader sense. Do you, where do you see yourself fitting into the sector and the work? How do you, how do you describe yourself? I would say science communicator. Almost like, it's almost like journalism, mm. really. Okay. Maybe more so than communicator, but we have done communication work. So it's not just about taking... I don't see science communication as just taking a scientific topic and communicating it via your own mouth to people. Mm. That is part of science communication. The other thing is, and Oscar is very much a present part of this, of we take scientific uh, topics and things and then we package it together to present it to loads of people. That's what the podcast is and should be about um, and will continue to be so with uh, you jumping on board. So I think I would say science communicated because I, it, it, that's, I wouldn't say that's just my role, but the role that's into the world's role and that's what I play in that. I mean, I guess it depends because we've done so many things as well because Beyond the Trigger was classed as journalism to some people and a film to others and research to other people. Do you know what it's, it is, Ryan? It's storytelling. Which, do you know what? Strangely, is exactly what I did in comedy. yeah. I just literally told stories from my life, yeah. Was there a Ryan before nature? <laughs> no, before I you... was born in 2020. 2020. <laughs> just when the podcast started. Just when I, you know, I invented nature. So have you always been a nature person? You're not a classic nature person, I wouldn't say. No. What does that mean? What's a classic nature person? There seems to be people, doesn't there, where it's just like nature is their everything. It's their whole identity. If you ask anyone that knows me mm. outside of the nature kind of industry, I guess, that I know through this, they will 100% say Ryan's a nature person. Always a nature person. That's nice. So I always, I would always collect and find bugs and move newts from a stagnant pond and take them to a fresher, nicer looking stream or pond. <laughs> and they're sat there and... thinking, where's my f- stagnant pond? Can I swear? <laughs> you just did. <laughs> <laughs> And I would be always reading animal books. Just next to me, actually, when I record this, just to my right, I've got 
a massive encyclopedia of wildlife um, called the Illustrated. I think below there's quite a famous collection. The Illustrated Encyclopedia of Wildlife. I had those. Yeah, they I were my those. nan's. And they were always yeah. at my nan's house. And then when she passed, she always used to say to me, Ryan, they're yours. They're yours when I'm gone. And credit where credit's due. <laughs> they are now in my house. So you got um, them. You can never let go of them now. So I was always, you know, I used to always go around my nan's and skim read them. And my nan had this beautiful garden out the back of hers. She had like, her garden went all the way around her bungalow. But then out the back, there was big woodland. And, you know, at night you would hear foxes, you would see badgers, hedgehogs in the garden, bird feeders. Up. It was just, it was a haven for me to go to and do gardening with my nan's. That's where, where I learned to garden. Mm. Um, so yeah, I've always, I've always had nature in my life. And, um, and then I guess I kind of just, I didn't necessarily take a dip, but just I wasn't as active in it during comedy years. But yeah. I was always doing comedy about wildlife. I obviously was I worked in a zoo for a bit. Um, and then when I went started the dog walking, I went more into comedy. So yeah, I've always, I've always been the nature person. Was going down the typical route of having a nature conservation career ever on the cards for you? Yeah, but I guess I, I didn't really know what. Okay. Because I didn't, I, I, academia didn't, I can't do it. I just can't do it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I like to do research, but similar to you, I'm that story person. Mm. Like data's grand, but I don't want to do it. Like, it doesn't, it feels sterile to me. It's just too, it only tells a slice of the pie. Yeah. Like it doesn't, There's it's not like, great. that's, that's what it. you learn in that very strict period of time. But then I find more power going to talk to someone that can tell me the story over 30 years. And I think that that brings me to the answer to my question of what does nature mean to me? And it is a wholeness. It is yeah. the whole. It's everything about what it is to be human and to be a human that finds joy in a tadpole. Nature is all yeah. of that. It's every story and thread running through. Um, and I guess that's why I do the work that I do. Yeah. You know, to, to make sure that all people have a meaningful relationship with nature is the goal. And to have agency to protect it and to be able to exercise that reciprocity, which is really, it's what humans have always done. We give and we take. But at the moment, mm -hmm. we often take, take, take. And then often we give, give, give without taking. So we do loads of nature conservation, which is giving, yeah, giving, we, giving. Yeah. And we don't take, we should always be giving and taking because it's that circle and it's the wholeness. And I think that's what nature is. Community. In it, just. Just it. Which just is what people, are, you know, this the, the community, I guess, listening should feel that sense of a wholeness mm. with you all and each other um, and all of the valued opinions that come from that. I would also say as well, to everyone listening, this is going to be this is such a thing to say. I know, but it's but you, I really it? want to. Oh, yeah. yeah. I saw your face. I knew in your face that something <laughs> was coming. You kind of, you, 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 your features just softened and then like warmed back up again. Yeah. I was just going to say, like, although me and Nadia will be hosting this a lot of the time and we might have snippets from guests, but we're really keen to get the audience listening to this. Everyone we listening are. now massively involved with this. This is not a Ryan and Nadia conversation. This is a conversation with you all and you are so included in all this. Um, we will be doing some fun things throughout the year which will heavily be involved on an audience, which mm. that's all I'm going to say at this point. But we will be wanting people to write in. Should we tell them about the... The monthly Room 101, Nature Room 101. Yeah, I, we, yeah, yeah, and the other bit. Yes, and, and the other bit. So let's start with this bit. Yeah. So we'll each episode, we'll do a rundown of Nature Room 101. So instead of doing Nature Room 101 episodes, 
at, at some point throughout the show, we'll just read some out. And that will involve everyone listening, sending in the things. We could give topics, I guess, for the next month. Or you could just send something in about nature. Send something in. Or the in. industry or conservation that you just fucking want to get in the in bin. That vault. Get, get in, in the, the bin. bin. Sick of it. it. Don't agree yeah. with it. Not doing any no. good. Don't like it. Makes me feel sick. Smells too much. Whatever. Yeah. But that does mean that me and Nadia can rip it apart if we want Absolutely. To. And actually pieces. refuse to put it in yeah. Nature Room 101. And if it's really bad, we'll just say your name and say we're not even reading it out. And we'll somehow figure out a way to block you from listening to the <laughs> <laughs> That's horrible. Can't, you can't do it. I don't think you can do it. No, you can't. Sadly. No, and you shouldn't. I, so I do get like a weird power thing. No, I know. I've seen it. So don't give, don't give me any... Um, and I think the other thing, so the other um, area of the podcast, which I'm particularly um, also interested mm. in, is we want to be able to bring current news stories and things that are happening in conservation yes. in a timely way. Um, I often find working in the sector or being interested in wildlife, it can be a lot to digest that kind of constant treadmill of news stories and things happening and declines here, whatever. Like, but But to be able to distill some of the most interesting that we think uh, mm. news stories around nature conservation successes or things that aren't going well or I guess political movements as well in terms of our nature protection laws what's happening with how we protect nature from a legal point of view but also what's happening on the ground for what people are doing so from the big to the small stories and it can be the place that you can come and digest that without having to troll through presumably boring journals we will make it easy for you all yeah we will do the work so you can just have the bullet point and go right Glad here's, I know here's that. what's happening. Get the rundown on Into yeah. the Wild. Everything from avian flu to, to everything else. Don't to beavers. Don't to start beavers. a sentence without the end of the sentence no. already in your head. Nadia's still got some podcasting tips to learn. <laughs> I do, sadly. Um, frog or toad? Toad. Toad. Why? I thought it was the cooler thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> like they, I don't know, they're a bit gnarlier. They're more working class. Do you know what? They're way more working class. <laughs> Actually, there's a segment that we could introduce. Animal. Working class or not? Yeah. Otter. Middle class. 100%. Swan. The elite. <laughs> oh, wait. Come on. Just give me a few more. Blackbird. Blackbird. Uh... Oh, my God. You better say working class. Why? They're just working class as hell. They look like they've been down the pit. <laughs> All right, working class. Okay, um, ladybird. Middle class. Yeah, it's a lady. Ladybird, <laughs> I have you know. <laughs> it's the palatable insect. Lord and Ladybird. <laughs> I won't touch that one, but I'll touch that one. It's red. <laughs> sea slug. Oh, God, sea slug. Uh, ooh, uh, does it transcend the class system? It sits outside the class system. Oh, no, this isn't the game. Uh, middle, <laughs> class. middle class. Middle class. Middle class. Middle class. Because of the colours. Yeah, it's like, yeah. 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 Land yeah. land slug, working class. Working class as hell. Leopard slug, yes. Yes. This is a fun game. We should do this, everyone. <laughs> um, well, okay, so this episode really was just a bit of a rundown of what's going to happen. What topic, this is the last question I'll ask you before we end, and then I'll say a bit of admin for the listeners so they know what's coming up. But Nadia, what are you most... What is the topic you are most excited about covering? There's got to be something you want to pick apart and go, what is going on? I think mine is going to be questioning 
sustainability. Mm. What does that mean? What is sustainability to us, to individuals, yeah. to groups, to cultures, to countries, whatever? What does it mean? How can that be applied to things within our life? In Obviously, I'm speaking here from a very Western perspective. So I guess in, in this world that we've got, the, yeah. the stuff that we've got available to us, how do we move forward in a sustainable way yeah. as a population? Because it's very different when you ask that question to different countries. It's very different depending on. It's very different within this country where yeah. you ask. Well, we don't we don't live people. sustainably as a culture. We no. don't. So not as a not as a wide culture like the you know there are there are some people I've seen people live incredibly sustainably, but not when you compare it to other cultures or areas. And I think it's interesting understanding the system. You could you could have a small holding and. There are examples of people being able to like get everything they need locally and, you know, all of that stuff. But what are the systems that prevent everybody accessing that? Accessing that? And would yeah. that be possible? What does it look like? I think that's massively interesting. And I think mine's probably on a yeah. similar vein. I think I really, really want to get to the... I think I really want to get a clear understanding of, of our farming system. I was going to say or farming. Yeah, I find it, I, I feel like I still haven't landed, I guess I don't think I've absorbed enough information and this is probably research over the next month. Maybe maybe we look at farming and sustainability for our first one. That's a good shout. Is it possible to live the way we're living and how might we have to change and how, like, what, you know, if our farming system, particularly with kind of the development and the release of ELMS, which is environmental land management, and payment systems that the government is currently rolling out, this is the money that farmers get as farmers to manage their land and getting paid by the public purse to do stuff. So getting paid, you know, for the public good. How, what does that look like? Can we produce food at scale, the, the scale we need to feed the population in an affordable way whilst wildlife also is not squeezed out? We all obviously want that. I think everybody wants that ultimately. Mm. Um and why are we getting it wrong currently? And what shifts do we need to make? Right. Well, nerds. So, oh, Nadia, I call the listeners nerds. Well, they are, clearly. They are. Um, bunch of nerds. Let's run down. Let's bullet point the changes that are coming up. So Into the Wild has been a weekly show for three years. This is the 141st episode. Um, so we are changing things to a monthly show. That could change in the future but predominantly this is going to be a monthly show nadia am i right in saying that we could in the future have some more projects popping up we might the do. world you know we ha we are a monthly show with some different routes going off into different directions um, meet your little well. project here and there maybe exactly and potentially i'm just gonna say it some live events Oof. coming up throughout the year. I'm just going to drop that bombshell with no other information. Obviously, it will not just be myself anymore. Nadia Shake will be my co-host. And we are completely 100% independent now. So we are reliant on funding wherever we can get it. So if you are ever in the situation where you have a few spare pennies, we have a Kofi account. Anything that's given to the podcast goes back into the podcast to help production and future projects. You never feel obliged to have to do it. It's just something if you can and would like to, it would always make us feel very happy. Those are the main changes. And all we have to say now is thanks very much. And here's to the show at the when should we drop them? At the end of the month or the first of the month? First end. First. If it's first, the first <laughs> one's next week. Wow, we could... Let's talk Middle? about this. We... Don't worry, listeners, you'll be told when the next episode is coming out. Follow us on social media, you know the drill. 
Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Into the Wild. You can find us on social media at Into the Wild Pod for Twitter and at Into the Wild Podcast on Instagram. And if you would like to let us know your thing to go into Nature Room 101 or share a topic for Nida and I to cover on the show, you can email us at intothewildpod at gmail.com.